I've got one! Hello, I'm Ollie Double, a lecturer in drama at the University of Kent, and this is the Proper Job Gradcast, in which we explore how a degree in drama can lead to all kinds of exciting careers in the arts. This will be interesting to you if you're thinking of studying drama at Kent, or you're currently studying drama at Kent, or you're just kind of interested in stuff. In each episode, I interview a Kent drama graduate working in the arts, only this time I've got three of them, Elise Hall, Colette McLaughlin, hope I'm pronouncing that right, and Jess Patrick from Moonbeam Theatre, which is one of our graduate theatre companies. I won't say too much more about that because they explain it all very nicely in the in the interview. But I will just say that this was recorded in the Graduate Theatre Company office here at the University of Kent. And at the time of recording, they were just about to graduate. Although that's slightly misleading, they graduated in 2020. Uh, but because of COVID, their graduation was delayed until earlier this year, 2022. They talk about all kinds of interesting stuff. Uh, they particularly ha- have a listen to how you start to get funding for your theatre company if you're starting a theatre company from scratch because at the time of recording they had three successful applications for Arts Council England funding. Yeah, networking comes up. That's that's a popular subject on this podcast. They talk about networking particularly with square pegs and frozen light. And they also use the delightful expression, what would Rowanna say? Oh, I think I've talked enough here. I think... I think uh, I think we should hear now from Elise, Colette and Jess of Moonbeam Theatre. We are Moonbeam Theatre, so Colette, Jess and Elise, and we graduated in 2020, the year of Covid. Oh, right slap back in the middle of the play. Absolutely. Bang in the middle. But we have our graduation next week. Oh, that would be about timing. But we have it next week, which we're very excited to finally have our actual ceremony as well. So next question, uh, what's your current job and what kind of things does it entail? So Moonbeam Theatre, we create multi-sensory theatre for children with special needs. So we go into SEN schools and do workshops and grain research. And then we develop shows that then tour around to SEN schools. We're currently in the middle of our first live show, which has been so fun to do. So we've been touring around Kent and Essex and reached about eight schools so far. Um, And we're currently now planning our next research phase for our big national tour, hopefully happening next January. So that's the plan at the moment. Okay, just to double click on something, SEN, that stands for... Special Educational Needs and... Then we also go into PMLD, which is profound and multiple learning disabilities. Okay, fantastic. Um, we'll perhaps talk a bit more about that as we go on. But but I, so but you are one of the Kent graduate theatre companies. Yes, Do you want to tell yes. us about how that works? How you got that? How it works? Um, you know, but we're sitting in the graduate theatre company room right at the moment. So. Yeah, yeah. So we're currently sitting in the office that we share with the other graduate companies. So there's three currently other. Four. Four other companies. Oh, sorry, three other, four together. Four companies in total, (laughs) three other graduate theatre companies. And so we applied probably as late as we possibly could, in like May or June 2020. Um, Colette had already put feelers out for a few people saying like, does anyone want to apply for this with me? So we did a module with Sean called Applied Theatre, like all four of us. But uh, we then got together and did creative the creative project 
And a few of us put some feelers out to say that we'd be interested in carrying on doing work um, in special schools again and maybe developing that work slightly further. And then I spoke to Jess, who was also interested, yeah. so got her on board with us as well. I was currently being boring and doing the dissertation rather than creative <laughs> project. Um, but me and Colette had worked together before and we were actually in a different company sort of group chat, just reflecting on our university experience and saying what we were doing next. And I was thinking about doing a master's in applied because that's the route I wanted to go down. Um, but I couldn't work out if I definitely did want to carry on studying or if it was just because my university experience got cut short, I wanted to carry on studying more, but I knew that's what I wanted to do. And then Colette said, well, me and two others are going to start a theatre company up in applied. Do you want to come and join? I think it was a weird one because on the one hand, COVID obviously wasn't an ideal situation at all and really cut down our uni. uni I think it also gave us a really big opportunity. So I think if it wasn't for COVID hitting, I don't know if we would have formed in the same way because Jess was potentially going to go travelling. Um, I think obviously money and finance is a situation you've got to think about. So I think knowing that life kind of stopped and no one could do anything, it gave us the opportunity to not to be able to sit and think and have fun doing it without the pressure of so much of a time scale. Yeah. So we were quite lucky in that sense. And obviously quite a few people went for it. It was quite a nice application to do, actually. It was just more what we wanted to do and what we wanted to form. And then we did have to do an interview with a panel, um, mm. which included um, Sean Stevenson, who, who runs the scheme, um, a representative from the Golbenkian, um, and different, just different people yeah. who kind of had a stake in the graduate theatre company scheme. So we had to sort of present to them what our company aims were and what we wanted to create. And then we just had to wait to hear back. And I think actually, for me personally, I don't think I would have done the, done it, done the scheme at all if it hadn't been for COVID, I, if I I'm actually have. honest. Because the, the fact that there was a pause in time and there was literally no other job opportunities whatsoever meant I felt a lot more able to take a risk with doing this because it did feel like a risk to do in a way. Completely. I think all of us are people who are doers, like we want to be out doing stuff. And of course, the theatre company is that, but we weren't earning at first. We didn't have funding applications. We started from nothing. And I don't think any of us, if everything was open and we could have gone and got every job we wanted, um, would we have committed that time to not earning. Yeah, it's funny though because when I actually came to my Kent application open day, I had one of the graduate theatre companies speak to us and I remember saying to my parents, like, I want to be one of them theatre companies. So when it got to the end, I was like, I'm going to see who's got the feelers and it's just worked out really nicely for us and so far it's been quite successful, fun and it is going quite well for us to be honest. I'm really proud yeah. of what we've been able to do so far. Yeah. I mean, it, is, it all sounds brilliant. Um, can, can I just, so, so you are starting to earn now because you're getting funding, is that? Yeah, oh. so we've had <laughs> three successful Arts Council England fundings so far and we're just waiting to hear back from our fourth. We've got funding from Kent County Councillor and from the Kent Community Foundations as well um, from two different charities from there. So, so how much has the graduate theatre company scheme, what has it given you? How has it helped you get those things? Oh, it's helped us immeasurably, really, because having the backing of the University of Kent, I mean, it gives us, like, it gives validation in a way to what we do. Um, to, have, to have, you know, the Art, Arts Council look at our applications and say, well, the University of Kent are 100% behind this, this group. I mean, there's nothing, like, yeah. money can't really buy what... Also, we started is. with no money at all, 
um, even things like rehearsal space, we get that as part of the graduate theatre company scheme and we would not have been able to afford rehearsal space when we started to set up. Um, even going to our first um, Arts Council England application, we had no idea what we were doing, but we had the mentoring available to us um, from Sean and from Jane as well. So it was really helpful yeah. to have that. And it's that. also given us access back to university in all different ways in terms of the Gulbenkian, in terms of even the students here, like going in, although we've been asked to maybe help somewhat with modules, we've been getting a lot of help from them as well because we're finding out, we're bringing props and seeing how they work with people, bringing stuff into modules. We've got the Creative Club, which is at the Gulbenkian. Me and Elise have just finished a term there, which we wouldn't have got without the connections through the uni and going through that. So it has been amazing. Without like match funding is brilliant as well yeah. in terms of rehearsal space. And so and jumping off something Colette's just said, we it's a give and take with the university. So we, we get things for free, but um, module conveners and lecturers will ask us in return to support in seminars and things that are relevant to what we have knowledge in. So it is a, it is a give and take, but those experiences have been invaluable to us as well because we've gotten to help um, MA students, final year students on their projects. And it's been such a lovely way of giving back to the university who have, who have helped us so much as well and to give back to students and, and just to show how far we've we've come like since we were in first year it's it's really great to kind of think oh you know we were in these students positions and we are where we are because the university has got us there and like um, a few yeah. years ago Jess was sitting in the module that we've just helped alongside like so Jess was sitting there writing a mock-up application and now she's just submitted her fourth one like it's quite a weird yeah. Quite a cool turnaround to look back and see like what you've done from that time. Yeah, it was yeah. really like, it's a bit surreal doing it because <laughs> the application I wrote as a fake application was more or less the first application we sent off. Like we sort of based it off that because it was the same project because I knew that's what I wanted to do. So it's weird how that went from being sort of a fake project to becoming a reality. Yeah, and beyond the university as well with the with the graduate scheme, we're in sort of a network of the other graduate theatre companies as well, so we all share ideas with one another and, you know, there's been challenges along the way with each of the companies and we've been able to get alongside each other and, and share share our experiences and, and get help for things um, and even just attending each other's work in progress sessions and all that stuff, so it's, it's definitely a network that... I think is kind of formed forever now. Like we'll always have those people that we can rely on and who can rely on us for things. I also think even networking with like current students. So we took on an MA student as an intern last year um, and we still keep in contact with her. And because we've helped out in modules, students know the work we do and they actually send us some opportunities they see that might be good for us. So they might follow us on Instagram and message us about festivals they've noticed. So it's good that people know us, know what we do. Um, and as much as we help them, they can help us as well. This is all fantastic. And also, you've kind of anticipated one of my other questions, which was <laughs> how did you get from graduating to where you are now? Um, but I, I, and actually, probably a bit of the next one after that as well. But I, I just wanted to kind of ask you, uh, so you, you've gone from a position where you were just, you know, you, you were in COVID times and you didn't know what to do, but it gave you a bit of space and a bit of time mm. to concentrate on things which you might not have had otherwise. And then you start getting these successful applications to arts funders. And, and just to pick up, if people don't know what match funding is, it's part of, part of a lot of um, applications. You have to say that somebody else is also going to put money up, but that can be money in kind. So it can be, for example, rehearsal space. But 
Um, what's the what's the the bigger plan in terms of making this so that so it's financially viable? So it's like your job, but it's that's what you where you get your money from. I guess like so. Well, at the moment, we've kind of just started thinking long term about. Yeah about what Moonbeam can be. Yeah. When we first started, our applications were kind of going in as late as they possibly could <laughs> in terms of there's an eight-week, sometimes a 10-week turnaround from applying to Arts Council to hearing back. And we were just re like basically applying as we needed to. But now, we literally last week started thinking about, well, you know, what, what can we do over the next year or two years and sort of start planning long-term what that might be. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely been useful for us and yeah, taken so a lot of pressure off. Our residency finishes here hopefully in December time. Like that, We should be extended till then. And then after that, we're hoping to go on our national tour, which should take us to April. And then after that's when we've got to start figuring out where our base is going to be if the university scheme moves on from us because obviously they're going to be supporting other companies so looking at that where our maybe new base is going to be because we're not all local to Canterbury we do commute in um, so finding potentially a new base but keeping the university as a partnership throughout that base as well and also we're in partnership with St Nicholas School in Canterbury which is the special needs school we work alongside so maybe finding that partnership as well in other places across the country. Yeah, we're also looking into some bigger funding so instead of getting funding project by project we can get um, like year-long funding and our Arts Council have a couple that we've looked into but from other funds as well um, so we don't have to worry project by project we can try and get the funding annually. Yeah long term we do want this to be our viable career we want it to be our five days a week because we all do work unfortunately part-time on the side so we work Moonbeam Monday to Wednesday and then Thursdays Fridays or weekends we all have other jobs to keep our heads afloat sometimes um, so well, that's a very normal fun. pattern. Yeah, I mean, just to say yeah. with this podcast, you know, I've talked to people at various different stages of their career. So people who've been out of university for over 10 years and people who've only been out of university for two weeks, literally that mm. kind of spectrum. And it's very normal for people working in the arts to have to ease into it being yeah. their full-time career. But the fact that you're already getting money and that you're able to dedicate that number of days per week to it is, is really yeah. shows that you're on that journey. Yeah. Well, we found that structure would be really important for us because we don't all live locally. Like some of us are more Essex, some was down in Sussex. So we found that if we knew we worked Monday to Wednesday, we knew when we were based in Canterbury, sometimes we stayed over, as opposed to working a random days. We felt like it would give us more of a structure, more of a working pattern, and for our other jobs as well. So, but we're hoping the plan is in January to be working the five days a week tour. So then after that, being ready for our next project in terms of funding to then hit the ground running with a new project, new base, and hopefully continue on the five days a week. Yeah. That would be the dream. <laughs> I think the other thing that's worth saying is that it's really great that you've talked about um, networking because that's been a real big theme in this podcast. Yeah. So many people have talked about it. And sometimes they talk about it as if they're holding it on tongs slightly against their, away from their face because they find it a bit disgusting, the idea of networking. You know, because... Because the idea is it's like well, it's not, not what you know, it's who you know. It's not that, though, is it? It's actually getting to know people who are working in a similar area to you, who you get on with creatively yeah. and personally. Yeah, who, it's really helpful. Who you might want to work with mm. at some point. Yeah, yeah definitely. Even um, Square Pegs Theatre Company, um, who are a theatre, like a drama group for young children with special needs, like, they've been really helpful as well. And they're starting a networking programme because it's people that are experiencing what you are, and it's really helpful to know. And also... 
within the graduate theatre company to know that you're not by yourself in thinking things, in being like, is that normal, is that not normal? It's completely new to us. So to have the knowledge of people around you, it's not a, dis- it's not a bad thing at all. It's a real advantage. The bigger your network, the more you're going to know, the more success it's going to yeah. be. It's a really good thing to do. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody everybody would agree with that. Yeah. It's just some of them feel a bit ashamed. that. Oh, oh, because okay. it sounds like a sort of, you know, that you just get to know somebody just yeah. because mm. of what they can do for you, but it's not that at all. Really. No. It's a give and take situation. It's what you can do right. for them as well. Every relationship is. Like, University of Kent, like you said here, is give and take now. So it's what you can do for them and what they can do for you. And don't get me wrong, who you know can change things, but you have to... Be at a stage to be who you know, if that makes sense. You've got to get to that yeah. relationship yeah. first. Yeah, I think the, we've really benefited from you know people who have been in our position and have have depended on on people who have been further like further in their career, mm. like and so they're now those people and they want to give back to us. And I think that's what yeah. good networking is. It's people who want to to share and to help mm. each other, not just be greedy and egotistic yeah. about what is, can this person get for me yeah which is exactly what frozen light are so they were at the university of kent they were graduates here um and they've been amazing with us in helping us they do work in similar fields to us but with younger adults and they have been so supportive and such great partners they've we've been lucky to say they it's are exactly the what it's networking so should be yeah because um, although we make similar theater it's never felt like competition not in that sense but They've never felt like, oh, we've just come to take their audience and take mm-hmm. their ideas. They have welcomed us with open arms and said, take our ideas, use them, put them in your show. Um, and they have just been so helpful with us. Yeah, and that's really I lovely. think a huge yeah. element of networking as well is knowing your own value and what you can actually give to somebody else. Because especially if you're new in, in your career, it's easy to think, well, I've got nothing to offer anybody. But you always do. You always, always do. And so never doubt what, what you can actually provide and give to somebody else, even if you're, you know, two weeks out of university, you've got experience and you've got, you know, your own uniqueness that no one else has. So, yeah, with networking, just don't forget that, really. As well, I mean, I think, well, this leads us on to the next question, really, which you've started to answer because you've already alluded to some of the things that you did in your degree that kind of led to where you are now. But the question is, how did studying drama at Kent help you to get where you are now? So what things would you have taken from the course that, that kind of inform what you do now? So there's the obvious things, like the modules we picked. So we did like things like disability within the arts, um, applied theatre, arts funding modules. So there's obvious ones that we did that are very much tailored to what we do now and are in contact with the module conveners now. But I think it's a lot more than that. It's even modules that weren't necessarily, for instance, physical theatre. I don't, we don't, we're not necessarily a physical theatre company now, but... We still do, we've taken the idea of doing the threshold every week, like we used to do with Roanna, so, and taking the ideas of the games and the idea of play from her. So although we're not necessarily doing that module anymore, it's aspects from all our different modules that have merged together to come one, so I think. So physical theatre module. Yeah, yeah, yeah. physical theatre. With Roanna Mitchell. Yeah, elements of that have been taken. Though that the modules that we did take, so um, applied theatre and site-specific theatre, we got to actually have real scenarios um, so for applied theatre, we did actually go and work with the children in the local um, special needs school, St Nicholas School, Canterbury. And so it wasn't hypothetical. It wasn't 
let's pretend that you're working with children and you're putting on a show. We actually went into the classes and Especially worked with applied, the children. Especially for a you can't pretend. You have to be there. You have to be with the kids but to I get the But I don't think every experience. university would offer modules like that no, we to take us into the that. community. Really I think lucky. that was something that was really, yeah, yeah. really lucky about. And... I mean, personally, from my university experience, I chose a bunch of random modules. I didn't have a, a, a grand goal of what I wanted to do when I graduated, so I just picked the ones that I liked the sound of. And all of them, you can take, like Colette said, you can take elements of to build upon your experience. And it doesn't have to be something you go into in the future. But, I mean, it's such a diverse course. And there's so much you can take from it. Even, like, I've had friends who who did your module, Ollie, and, and said they just gained confidence in themselves to, to stand up on stage and, and do a, a comedy sketch or whatever it was, you know, and I, that's such an important thing to take with you beyond university. I think we just also just learnt something from, like, every module and lecture we had. Like, in our rehearsals, how many times do we think, what would Rowanna say about this? I think every lecture well, we had... what have, would Freya do with that dance move? <laughs> yeah, every, every single... Um, lecturer we've had we sort of reference in some way they have affected our work we think about their advice quite often yeah they're always in the back of your mind and always pop up in random places (laughs) quite scary (laughs) (laughs) and then you bump into them in the corridor (laughs) (laughs) so i've got one last question and it's it's a very interesting one in relation to you guys um but the, this is the proper job grad cast, and the reason that it's called that is because even, as I often say in the podcast, that even drama students make fun of the idea that they're not going to get a proper job, and yet that's not factually correct. Mm. But I think what is interesting is it's not like doing accountancy or something where you're going to go straight into what, what the government would recognise as a professional level job, right? And so you're, you're, you're in an interesting employment position at the moment where you've got two jobs that you've got. You've got the, you know, the, the day jobs, as it were, even though it's not every day, and you've got Moonbeam, which is also paying you to do what you do. So it's a particularly interesting question to ask, which is what would you say to people who say that doing a drama degree won't lead to a proper job? Absolute rubbish. Absolute <laughs> nonsense. Um, I think that's absolute rubbish. I think, don't get me wrong, you might not end up in theatre, you might not end up in that sector, but the skills you learn from it are as valuable as you learn it. You do essays in the same way you would do in a history degree. You do, like, the budgeting is stuff that you're using maths, you're using other things, and things you learn over your degree as a whole, you are going to use in whatever walk of life you use. Obviously, we've gone into a sector that is using our degree quite a lot, and we are theatre-based, but what you learn at doing this degree doesn't just work for that. It does work just for your life full stop. Not just career, but just your life as a whole. Yeah, yeah I mean, working within a team as well and, like, just working alongside other people, like, different degrees offer, obviously, different things, but in drama, you're always working with others, whereas some other degrees are very, like, self-focused and it's just about you writing your essay or you getting your presentation done, but in drama, every every module in some aspect, whether it's practical or, or theoretical, has an element of, mm. of group work in it as well. I think drama enhances your social skills more than any other subject I can really think of. Um, especially thinking back to my university experience, my housemates, none of them studied drama and none of them had course mates the same way that I had course mates. No. So in drama, there was such a big community. People would meet up, go to parties, um, just meet up, be social a lot outside of rehearsals as well where I don't think other courses had that social life 
as much as drama did. So we just had a really close cohort. We were really lucky. We had a really lovely year, and although we all went, I think we obviously all went through COVID together as well. It's just been a really nice time with each other. I think you just build such bonds with people, and even if they're not bonds that necessarily you're messaging them all the time, but just because you're such a close cohort, unlike maybe other subjects, the network in that sense as well, like people are doing all sorts. For instance, um, Rachel Lewis has been in contact with us, which is how we've got um, the news report we got doing in Kent, and if it wasn't for knowing Rachel through that segment, who knows if it would have got there. Mm. I think to say it's rubbish is (laughs) very true. Yeah. And I think as well, like, even when we first started, I think it did take us a, a long time to grow our confidence in the fact mm-hmm. that what we were doing was was a proper job, you know? Like, when people would say to me, like, what are you doing now that you've graduated? I'd be like, oh, I sort of run a, a theatre company, I guess, yeah. a little bit. But now I'm like, no, I am. I run a theatre company, and that is my job. It's no. not It's not I just think, a glorified hobby yeah. I think for doing. friends and family, it was quite a big transition as well, because obviously, at first, we weren't earning, and we had just started... Mm-hmm a group as sort of my nan called it and it would be like oh are you doing the little drama thing with the girls today (laughs) was sort of how it was come about but now we are getting the funding and um everyone recognizes it more as oh it's job yeah you're going you're working for moonbeam like you can get up moonbeam theater on company's house and see like my name is the director of moonbeam theater (laughs) it's a real thing now it's not just a little group we've gone into that section but i think even if you hadn't Doing a drama degree is not a waste of time at all. It's amazing and I really do recommend it. Like, I know we've gone into that se- sector, I guess, and we've been really lucky to be able to do that, but I think there's very few people, if any on our course, that would say, well, I'd hate to think that they thought it was a waste of time because I think everyone's, whatever segment they've gone into, they were using skills that they had to do through their mm. degree. It's just such a mixture of, obviously, there's still the hard work, but there's just so much fun involved yeah. in it as well. So, like I say, my housemates weren't, um, theatre people at all they were very serious subjects and they'd be sat in the living room writing essays in a bad mood I'd be running around with a balloon in my hand trying to put it into a performance and they would or look at me like I'm actually, yeah or bub- yeah I'd have a bubble snake and they'd look at me like I'm absolutely crazy but I just think who's having more fun at uni really <laughs> Normally, at the end of each uh, interview, at the end of the episode, I kind of do a bit of reflection on what I thought was great about what was said. But I'm not going to do that this time because I want to share a bit of fun with you. It was really fun for me talking to Elise, Colette and Jess about Moonbeam Theatre because they they kind of laughed and giggled and it was a really lively conversation. And in fact, there were some bits I had to cut out because they were almost sort of too lively. For example, uh, before we started the interview that you just heard, uh, I was talking to them about the fact I would edit it slightly, you know, to take out excessive ums and ers. And they had a plea with me not to edit one of them out. I won't say too much more because I thought I'd play this bit for a bit of fun, uh, what they said. It just gives an indication of what good friends they are and what fun they're having uh, doing, doing Moonbeam. We had this conversation. Yeah, the one thing we must insist on is that Jess stays in the podcast when it comes out because she got cut out of an interview we did with the news once. And it was so funny. If you ever watch Gavin and Stacey, it's like, mix on the telly, mix. Um, All my family were gathered around the TV waiting to watch it. So I told them it's coming on the TV. And then they cut Jess and it was just me and Elise. Right. 
that's it then that's the end of the episode it's i hope you enjoyed it as much as i did putting it together and uh, i'll see you next time for another episode of the proper job gradcast got to, got to get a proper job.